Welcome to this week's episode of Hockey Unfiltered. I am forever your sidekick, Dylan Waugh. I am the Robin to Ken's Batman, the Ned to Ken's Spider-Man, because now Spider-Man has a sidekick. Today we're talking about Preds. We're talking about Avalanche. We are talking about Norris. We are talking about some, well, some hilarious flubs, to be honest, that have happened recently. And of course, Evander Kane. So stick around. Ken, how you doing? I'm doing okay. You, you kind of said, so stick around. Yeah. <laughs> stick around. Yeah. Like, like you, you ended it like a, like somebody who ends every sentence with a question. <laughs> that's, that's my uh, obsessive so compulsive test. That's my obsessive <laughs> compulsive test and you failed. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. Good. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, okay. Th- let's start off with something right off the bat here. Okay. Yeah. You are so much more than the sidekick. Oh. You really are. You really are. You 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 built all of this stuff. All like you basically built the studio. Yeah. This is all of your nerdy stuff <laughs> that you use in your garage here. Yeah. That notorious jock Ken Campbell and, calling me a nerd. Yeah. <laughs> and I just found out <laughs> that you laid down the guitar, the bass, and the drums. For our intro. I did. That's amazing. That is amazing. Like you're the do everything guy. You got us a sponsor. Yeah. I think. Did I you? Did. I did. Yeah. Okay. So you got us a sponsor. You built the studio. You laid down the music. I would have preferred an accordion, but that's okay. Accordion is not one of the <laughs> instruments that I play. No. You I can pl- do violin for you. You play drums, guitar, guitar, and bass guitar on that. Yeah. I thought... Like when I asked, when you were asking me about music, I said, okay, well, whatever. And I just thought you poached that from something, (laughs) but you did it yourself. That's, that is, that's freaking amazing. Like you're so valuable to the podcast. Like if, if you actually like knew stuff about hockey, you, you'd be invaluable. (laughs) Listen, I know that hockey is a sport played in a court of law. Right. Yes. Yes, it is sometimes. It is sometimes. (laughs) Yeah. Well, there was a lot of, actually, and here is the segue of all segues. Segue of all segues, yeah. There was a lot of uh, interesting calls on the ice last night in the Colorado-Nashville game. (laughs) Pow! Got him! Which, what are you talking about? There was too many men on the ice call. Yeah, in overtime. There was two of them. There was two of them. One at the end of the game. Exactly. Which was legitimate. Right, and, and the one, one in overtime. One in overtime was complete garbage. It did not look good to me. Actually, actually if anybody should have been called for for too many men in the ice, it should have been Nashville right. if there was a team called. Yeah. And so, yeah, and that's how that game ended. Ended right. on a four-on-three power play. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, I mean, that beats it being ended in a shootout, but I would have liked to have seen it decided three-on-three. Uh, I love the shootout. Without, you know what? But And somebody tweeted me last night. You know, like, cause I'm always on referees. Like I'm yeah. not, not, no, I'm not on referees. I'm on officiating and the culture of officiating in the NHL. And somebody was like, well, you know, more incompetence by officials. And, you know, do you think the NHL has a, has a, an officiating problem? And I was like, yes, they yeah. do. Yeah. But not because of that. I mean, yeah. that's a blown call. That's a missed call. That I, is what it is. I can live with that. I think everybody can live with that. Right. You know, they're going to miss calls. Yeah. 
I have no problem with that. And I, I suspect, I mean, as, as pissed off as Jared Bednar is, he probably is okay with it too. Yeah. They're human beings who make mistakes. Yeah. And yeah. Okay. So I have no problem with that. The NHL has an officiating problem, but that's not it. Yeah. The NHL's officiating problem is the ignored calls, right? not the missed calls. And there's a big difference. The missed calls you don't see. Right. Or you get wrong. The right. ignored calls, you see them and you decide not to call a penalty. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that was um that that was just so prevalent in the uh playoffs last year, especially like if you spent any time on Habs Twitter, the, the biggest one was when Perry's nose had been exploded with a ref looking right at it and no high sticking call. Now, I was of the opinion last year that uh, Montreal did not get any more whiffed calls than any other team. No, they don't. And no team does. Yeah. No team does. Yeah. I was I was not of the opinion that, that Montreal was given a bum rap by the, by the refs. Yeah, particularly since they made the final because <laughs> Shea Weber got away with... Murder? 7,463 cross-checks in the playoffs. Yeah. Without Some say that count once. is still going today. And I think, I think uh, too, like, didn't... Corey Perry's nose already blow up before that. Not that I know. No, of. I just I'm just talking about his nose. That's all. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> anyways, anyways, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people that want to spite his face. <laughs> yeah, is the point. Yeah, and a lot of people would have thought, yeah, he had it coming. <laughs> Listen, I would have said that before he was a Montreal Canadian. But as soon as he put on the Bleu Blanc et Rouge, you know, that guy just, he he cleaned right up. He was a pillar of the community. You know, now he's back to being a dirtbag. No, now he's, that he's not. On a different actually, team. he's he was a great player for them. Yeah. And he's actually been outstanding this year. I know. Got 10 goals. It's unreal. Got 10 goals. I didn't think he had that in him still, to be honest. Well, he's been, he's been outstanding. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. anyways. So officiating on the ice last night. It's a blown call. You're okay with it. Oh it happens. yeah, yeah, yeah. It happens. It's it's it a mistake. A it's it's a it's a it's a game played by human beings and officiated by human beings who make mistakes all the time. And I have no problem with missed calls, like or or messed up calls. The ones I have a problem with are, like I said, the ones that they just decide not to call. Um, like when who was it got wiped out right uh, around the net late in the game. And and it was already when Nashville was already four, five on four. They were already on the power play, right? In in regulation, and somebody just got totally interfered with and wiped out beside the net, and it didn't get called. That's the one, those are the ones I have the problem with, right? Not not the one in overtime. Yeah. Um, from your neutral zone crap article on January 7th, you had a section about the Nashville Predators and you mentioned Hines finding common ground with his players such as Duchesne and Johansson. Mm -hmm. uh, and Forsberg. That's right. Yes. Small aside note on that. Um, Duchesne last night had beast. a heck of a beast. game. Beast, yeah. beast, beast. Yeah. He uh, he handily handled Johnson in the boards, like in, in the offensive zone. Yeah, yeah. It was four checking. It was in yeah. the first period. And he just he just skated in, well, knocked to, him off the puck. Eric Johnson or Jack Johnson? Probably Eric. I, I don't remember which Johnson it was. It was actually. probably yeah. Eric. Skated in. New uh, offensive zone, knocked him off the puck, grabbed the puck, clean possession. Yeah. More offensive zone play. It was incredible. And of course, for a guy that's been maligned throughout his career for being a little bit of a perimeter player, 
you know, it was a it was a gutsy play. He was uh, he was uh, he was he dug in last night. Yeah, you could tell he was all in. Yeah, I don't know if it was because he was playing his old team, or and or because it was a really really big game. Yeah. in that division. Yeah, um, probably a couple of those things, but he was he was outstanding, yeah. and he's been that a lot this year. Like he's been that a lot this year, and so is Ryan Johansson yeah. and F- Philip Forsberg. To me, the biggest difference between Philip Forsberg this year and Philip Forsberg from the last couple of years where he hasn't been as good is he's playing a power game now. Right. Like, and, and he's always had the skill. So what he seems to, it looks to me is he's doing is he's, is he's using that power to get into the scoring area. Mm-hmm. And then once he's in the scoring area, he uses a skill, right. You know? So it's a combination of those two attributes that he has that I think has made him so effective this year. Yeah. Now you mentioned a conversation that John Hines had with these players <clears throat> he had more than one uh, well i would imagine it he doesn't take few. place over one one coffee i mean no it doesn't the yeah. conception of this podcast yeah. didn't hey, take how's place it going? Over- ryan you sucked the last three years can you be better <laughs> can you give me more ice time no i'm not giving you more ice time until you're better i can't be better without more ice time Ooh, a paradox <laughs> <laughs> that's an emo phillips reference if anybody's a fan of classic uh stand-up comedy <laughs> emo phillips never heard of the bum Oh, he's a comedian. He goes, uh, police officer pulled him over and says, you have the right to remain silent. Do you wish to exercise that right? And he thought, ooh, a paradox. <laughs> 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 um, anyways. Onward. Onward and forward. Uh, you mentioned that there's a conversation. Do you think that that conversation was strengthened by the play of UC Saros last year? Because he was a he was a Vesna candidate, really, last year. Oh, and he has won this year. He has won this if, year, absolutely. If, if, yeah. not, if not the winner. Do you think so? He's close. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's been good. Yeah. They've given up 40 shots in each of his last four starts. Yeah. 40 plus shots. Yeah. And all he does is stop them and all they do is win. Yeah, I mean there's no two ways about that. Yeah, yeah. No, right. he's no, I he's 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 at the very least a finalist right here right now as we're sitting here. Yeah. He's top 3 goalie in the NHL, no question. Yeah. I do um but anyways, going back to the question yeah. about uh, yeah, yeah, do I think that no, no, I don't. I think I think that he was, you know, I mean, the constants going into this season for the Nashville Predators were yeah. that Roman Yossi was going to do Roman Yossi things, mm-hmm. right, and UC Saros was going to be good, right. Beyond that, we had no idea what what they were doing and how yeah. how they were going to do. Since then. Roman jo- Roman Yossi has continued to do Romeo Roman Yossi things. Yeah. Last night that that hold my beer thing between him and Kale McCarr. Oh, that was a funny tweet too. That was insane. Yeah. Like it was like, hey, it was like almost like Roman Yossi was saying, hey, uh, Kale, watch this, and then <laughs> Kale goes, hey, uh, Roman, watch this, and then Roman says, hey, Kale, like it was just it was playing ridiculous. a game of horse. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yeah. Anyways, uh, Roman Yossi continues to do Roman Yossi things. You see, Saros. Is has been as good or better than he was last year. Yeah. The difference now is they've got a possible Calder finalist. Right. They've got a possible Jack Adams finalist. They've got a possible Norris finalist. They've got a possible Vezina finalist. In fact, they've got three of those. They are finalists. I think John Hines right now, if the season were to end, would be a finalist for coach of the year. Roman Yossi would be a finalist for the Norris, and UC Saros would be a finalist for the Vesner. And Tanner Janot, I'm not sure if he'd be a finalist for the Calder, but he'd get votes. Right. Um, so 
the, 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 the difference in all of this and the, and the, the, the thing that swung it the other way has been the play of their forwards. Right. And, and now we're sitting here talking about Nashville being a, like a, a dangerously offensive team. Right. Right. Yeah. You know, David Poyle went out and got Matt Duchesne because he thought Matt Duchesne could, could be their, num- could be their number one center. Right. He went out and got Ryan Johansson, traded Seth Jones yeah, to get Ryan Johansson because he thought Ryan Johansson could be a number one center. Mm-hmm. He was wrong on both. Right. For a long time, he was wrong on both. Yeah. And he's kind of still wrong because Matt Duchesne's a right winger, yeah, mostly. Wing. Yeah. And Michael Granlund is their, basically their number one center. Yeah. And now Johan- Johansson is playing in the number two sl- spot with Janot and... Uh, Tolvanen, I think, or something. Right. Um, so, you know, now you've got a situation where they've got like two or three dangerous lines and these guys are engaged. They're getting the ice time they want. They've come to an agreement with with John Hines. And John Hines was, he was very frank about it. Like he was real. like I thought he was really, really like honest about it. And he basically said, look, you know, you're telling me you need the ice time. I'm telling you this is what I need. I'm telling you that when I put you out there, nothing's happening. Yeah. So I'm pulling your ice time. You're yeah. not going on the power play on the first power play all the time anymore. Yeah. I mean, like you know, Alexander Carriers on their on their is playing the bumper on their on their power play. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. So, anyways, so, um, so he was very frank with them, and I, and it was the old chicken and the egg thing. Like the player says, "Well, I need this," in terms of I need this much ice and these line mates, and the coach saying, "Well, yeah, but." in order for me to give that to you, you got to do something when I give it to you. Yeah, exactly. So basically what John Hines did was he, he, he basically started with a clean slate in training camp. Yeah. He said, let's go into training camp. I'm going to give you guys what you, what you tell me you need. Mm-hmm. And if you respond positively, then we're good. Yeah. And they did. And yeah. they have to their credit. They have. Yeah. They've been, they've been lights out. Like Ryan Johansson's been very, very good this year. Yeah. Point of game guy. Yeah. Matt Duchesne's been a star in the league. You know, yeah. I, he wasn't on the, he wasn't on the, the radar for the Olympics for Canada. Right. Because he was never on that 50 player list because of last year. Right. But, you know, I mean, if you're picking the Canadian Olympic team right now, right now, and you have a clean slate and you can pick anybody you want, I would argue Duchesne's yeah. definitely a candidate. Yeah. 100%. Definitely a candidate. It's a conversation that wouldn't have necessarily taken place. It didn't. Yeah. Okay. It did, well, it did. Yeah. It did. Do we want Matt Duchesne? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so if I can put on my nerd glasses for a second. Oh, the one, you mean the ones you wear all the time? Yeah. Ooh-ah. Pow. <laughs> hey, y'all. <laughs> um, the, uh, for goaltenders, um, there's obviously no one stat, but goals saved above expected is a big one where you have an expected goals model and then how many goals, which essentially means what a league average goalie is, and then how many goals a goalie is able to save above that league average goalie based on where and how the shots are coming from. UC Saros currently as it stands right now in all situations is uh, third best in the NHL behind Jack Campbell and Tristan Jari. Okay. Well, you said I don't, he was under, a top I don't, three... I don't understand anything that you said. <laughs> you, said he was a, you said he was a top three goaltender. There and, you go. And so, uh, and so I'm saying yes. Okay. I'm, I'm saying that the, the stats agree with you. Oh, okay, good. You like good. being agreed with. I don't know why yeah, this yeah. is a problem. <laughs> no, it's not a problem. You love it. It's not a problem. I just don't, I, I don't get it. 
Well, I just, I thought but if it, but if it, but if it, if it, if it betresses my argument, <laughs> I like using that word. Yeah. Betresses. Yeah. 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 Somebody used treacly the other day in a quote. I thought, really? Man, you don't see that every day. No. Anyways, no. Um, but it offers a lot of verisimilitude. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, anyways, if it betresses my argument, all the better, I suppose. Yes. I mean, and Jack Campbell, and who is the other guy you said? Tristan Jari. Yeah. I mean, there's there's two others that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't I know guess, that I would put Tristan Jari. You know, at the beginning of the year. At, for the first, he was every bit as good as everybody thought. Yeah. And he was one of the big reasons why Pittsburgh was successful. I guess you probably give it to Jack Campbell at this point. Yeah. Um, I suppose. Yeah. I I don't think that it's going to Jack Campbell. And, and here's my tinfoil hat coming on for a second, which is, I think that. Do you wear lot- that and the nerd glasses at the same time? <laughs> <laughs> no no i i line the inside of my fedora and it goes okay. with the rest of my hipster getup. cool yeah yeah cool um listen uh jack campbell i i think that a lot of the people voting on vesna it's the gms that vote on vesna right? it is it is and so yeah i don't know if that if jack campbell's got <laughs> that uh that quality of being on a team that people don't expect him to perform on. No, because yeah, yeah, but and and if it's the GMs, Carey Price will probably win it again, <laughs> even if he doesn't play this year. Yeah, like yeah. they all think he's great, right? Like, yeah, and and you know, people talk about how sometimes the writers get it really wrong, and and we do. Yeah, we do. Like the year. Some people voted for Alex Ovechkin as a right winger and a left winger for the all-star team. And he ended up making it at both positions. <laughs> yeah. Writers, yeah. writers had to take the L on that one. <laughs> yeah. I get it. But you know what? I'm going to sit here and I am going to, I am going to uh, defend myself and my colleagues to the death on this one. Most of the time we get it right. Well, I'm hoping it doesn't come to that. Most Ken. of the time we get it right. And, yeah. and I think the GMs, their record on the Vezina is, not not as great as ours, I think. Yeah, I would uh, I would definitely argue that the year that Price got his Vesna was not his best year. Yeah, and the two years later he got another nomination and he had a bad year. Yeah, he had a yeah. bad year. And yeah. Mark Andre Fleury getting the Vesna last year was a travesty. You think it was a travesty? I eh? think it was a travesty. Yeah, I don't yeah. even remember what happened last year. Why Why do you think that? Just he he wouldn't have been in my top three conversation who was your who was your top um, three guys boy i don't know i guess you have to look at goals expected yeah, over yeah, I'm goals to, saved over expected percentages yeah divided yeah. by high danger chances yes. times times uh goals per 60 is there, that see, what you have so to do? you do get it no i don't i don't every one of those drawings every one of those diagrams that those guys do they look like an X-ray bearing really bad news. I ha- like they do. <laughs> I it's have like, trouble with, the, like, with the It's grass. like I don't want my ultrasound to look like that because it looks like yeah. I have cancer. <laughs> like I have trouble with the graphs because I feel like when or you when they do the lines like everywhere and you're yeah, like, yeah. what the hell? Yeah, like when you create a graph, you now not only need me to learn the theory behind the stat that you're using or the analytic that you're using, you now need me to learn how to read the graph. Right. And, and my brain works on learning one thing 
and not two things. Okay. But I did look it up because I knew that I was just going to forget names. Uh, Vasilevsky would be my, yeah, would be yeah. my, uh, okay. uh, there. Was that nerdy enough for you? Oh, no. And no. he was third <laughs> on the goal saved above uh, expected list. Yeah. Uh, behind but, uh, divided, UC Soros. Divided by high danger chances times goals per yeah. 60. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But behind UC Soros and uh, Semyon Varlamov. Okay. So, yes, I would have had uh, I would have had Vasilevsky as my Vesna <clears throat> if, uh, you know, if if that was, if I was a GM. Okay. Which that would be the one thing that I would do right as a GM would be vote for the Vesna. <laughs> That'd be it. That'd be it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, nothing else. Boy, this guy really doesn't seem to know what he's... Oh, but that's a good Vesna vote. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you wrote an article, Logan Mayu ready to return to the ice on January 6th. I think that the article was released on January 6th. Um, you mentioned that his drafting by the Montreal Canadiens contributed to costing people their jobs. I joke about you being hockey's outsider. Which I am. Which you are. But you do have a lot of inside connections. I begrudgingly... Uh, I grant you. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, so I'm curious as to, um, do you know, like how much you know, or how much is it like a, a, uh, a thought um, that uh, like, like how certain are you, I guess would be the, uh, would be the I'm, I'm question. Fa- I'm fairly certain that Paul Wilson, the VP of communications, it was a huge factor in him losing his job. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, he hadn't been on the job very long there. Yeah. And he was one of Jeff Molson's, you know, and, and, and like he was their handpicked guy yeah. to do that job. Yeah. And, uh, and they dismissed him. Yeah. So uh, somehow the messaging or the advice they got or whatever, I, I have to believe that that was, that was hu- a huge um, aspect of him, of him being fired. Yeah. Um. I mean, Jeff Molson says that it wasn't an, it wasn't something that um, that uh, contributed to Mark Bergerman's firing. I, I don't believe that. Yeah, I, I don't think it was the reason. Yeah, but I think it was a reason. Yeah, I think the way Trevor Timmons handled that news conference after they drafted him. Yeah, again, again. I mean, Trevor Timmons. I mean, if you listen to every Hab fan in the history of the world. You know, they had a laundry list of a litany of justifiable reasons for firing Trevor Timmons. Right. right? Yeah. The drafts were not good. No. Not good. Yeah. Um, so I mean, that's that's a big part of it too. Yeah. But I I, I you know, I don't think it was the reason, but I think when you look at it in totality, it was a reason. Yeah. Um, so you're basically saying that, uh, Wilson was kind of set up like, uh, like, like Tom was in, uh, in, uh, succession just to, they just elevated him to take the, Oh, you don't watch it. No. Oh, well, okay. Never mind. So it doesn't, it will, that your, your pop culture reference will mean nothing to me. (laughs) First, I didn't know who Kodak Black was until last night. So, and there's a lot of people I'm sure that were, are in that boat and we're going to get to that. I didn't know who Kodak Black was until last night. Oh, you didn't? I asked my son. He said he knew who he was. Yeah. And then I showed him the clip and my son just laughed and laughed and (laughs) laughed. And he said, that's hilarious. So let's just jump to that question since we're there anyways, right? Um, Already? Really? Okay. Well, no, we're talking about it anyways. We've got a couple other uh, topics to cover here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, James Tubb at Reporter Tubb asked you on Twitter, are you a Kodak Black fan? I'm not. 
because like I said, I didn't even know who the guy was until yep. last night. Yep. And uh, so those of you who don't know, I'm sure you do. He, <laughs> J, uh, Mr. Mr. Black. That's not his real name, by the way. <laughs> um, yeah. Did you get his social insurance number to look him up? Or? <laughs> he was caught in a compromising position with, uh, with another rapper, it turns out. Her name is Essence. Ooh, I didn't know that. Yeah. 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 So anyways, yeah, I didn't know that either until I started doing, yeah. looking at poking around today in the internet. Uh, anyways, he was poking caught. around was such an apt term. For- stop, stop it. Stop it. <laughs> um, so anywho, uh, we, uh, yeah, he was caught in a compromising position with this uh, young lady. And um, it, it, got, it went viral. But in any event, no, I'm not a fan of his. Because uh, I don't know who he is. However, I did listen to. I, I looked up a bit of stuff on him. I listened to some of his music. There was one video that I watched today. Remember the name of it, but it it, it was about it, it was it was a real statement on race relations in the U.S. Right. Uh, the guy in the video had a hat that said "Make America Hate Again." Oh yeah. And he was and 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 Mr. Black was. Uh, rapping in front of these burning crosses and and it was all about the confederacy and it, yeah it, and it was it was quite a political statement this yeah. this song so yeah. i i assume he has heavy stuff to say the yeah, least yeah so i i assume that he has some pretty um worthwhile things to say on that matter so i i'm not going to dismiss the guy completely i like <laughs> I, I wouldn't listen to his music but it sounds like he's using his platform to uh get a conversation going Right. Um, however, it was interesting because Trump, apparently when Trump, just before Trump left office, he pardoned this guy for some kind of weapons offense or something like really? that. Really? Granted him a pardon. Yeah. Yes. And then, and then he turns around, has this video with the, with the guy wearing the hat, make America hate again. Yeah. So I, I, I'm not sure what all of that means, but yeah, no, I'm not a fan. I won't be a fan. I won't be listening to his music anytime soon, <laughs> but I do admire the fact that he appears to try be trying to, you know, use his platform to, yeah. to promote uh, a conversation about race in the U S. Yeah. Um, I checked out exactly one song. Uh, I didn't like it very much. It uh, wasn't exactly my cup of tea. In terms of, you know, uh, rap or hip hop, I kind of go skew a lot older school. Right. But, um, <clears throat> but so I can't say that I'm a fan of his music, but I, I am a fan of his, his ways of unwinding. Hockey. And dance. <laughs> dance. Dance. Interpretive dance. Interpretive dance. I'm like a fan yeah, of his yeah. hobbies. Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah I can, I can, yeah, okay. uh, I can get behind them. <laughs> Ooh. Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. We're going a little over the edge. You know what's funny is anybody my age or, or older probably. Yeah. Most, mostly my age. Yeah. Like their idea of rap is like, my name is Ken. I use a pen and I write things on the computer and I da da da. Like that's their idea of rap. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was really good. I think that that's going to be the new opening theme song. Okay. It'll just you know be like, well, yeah. you know, I did the guitar on the last one. Now, this is this okay. is Ken's now opening yeah. theme song. Yeah. Yes, yeah. he uses a pen on his computer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. 
Next article that you wrote about was on January 11th. By the way, these are all uh, available on Hockey Unfiltered. You can just go kencampbell.substack.com. Check it out. It's, uh, you know, these, these, these expand a lot on what we're talking about here. And, uh, and then this expands on what he's talking about there. It's a whole thing. It's an, it's an ecosystem. It is. If you will. It yes. is. Yeah. It's yeah. the Ken Campbell There's ecosystem. There's a lot of um, cross promotion and symmetry going on. Yes. Here. Yes. Yes. We yeah. ideated this and yes. this is what we came up Synergy. with. Synergy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Just throw out corporate mumbo jumbo <laughs> terms now. Yeah. Yeah. Darn right. Yeah. I've yep. spent so much time yep. working in offices. I think. Okay, I, here's here's one, and I really do have a. This is a question: How do we monetize this? <laughs> <laughs> this is when we'll cut to the ad read. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah, the ad. Hey everybody, it's the moment you've all been waiting for. The NFL playoffs are here, and with my bookie, you can take home your biggest wins of the season thanks to their double deposit bonus. It's easy. Sign up with your my bookie and use my promo code Hockey Unfiltered. Make your first deposit, and bang. Double your money instantly into your account up to a thousand bucks. Now that you're loaded up and ready to go, it's time to place your bets with no regrets and get your wins when it matters most. If you're torn about where to place your first bet, listen up because I'm going to give you a push in the right direction. Before the playoffs kick off, wager on your pick to take home Super Bowl 56. The Packers look like obvious favorites, but you can't count out the defending champion Buccaneers. The field is wide open this year, so head to my bookie and back your team to go all the way this postseason. Don't miss out on your double first deposit up to $1,000 by using promo code HockeyUnfiltered. Head to my bookie, place your bets, and get ready for the unmatched intensity of playoff football. Don't forget to check out the terms and conditions on MyBookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with MyBookie. So anyways, this is uh, January 11th. Teams won't be able to help themselves when it comes to Evander Kane. Um, You wrote a long article about just how checkered uh, Kane's past has been. My question is this. Is there a precedent? And when I texted you this question, I said president. So yep, yep. are there presidents that have done this? <laughs> Is there, I'm gambling on my own administration for, for when I'm going to be uh, impeached. <laughs> uh, is, is there a precedent for a player uh, this established as one of the better players in the NHL? You know, but is there a precedent for a player this established and this talented to be essentially shunned to just to just yeah. a team just say, don't care, take your 30 goals and your fisticuffs and, and all the other, you know, things that you can add to a team and go home. He was San Jose's best player last year. Yeah, he was. He was their best player. And the fact that they made it very clear that they didn't want him back in their dressing room and in their group. Yeah is hugely telling. Right. Is there precedent? No, I don't. I like, I'm, I'm trying to think like, you know, Sean Avery, but he's, I mean, Sean, come on, <laughs> not even close. Yeah. Um, you know, Slava Voinov is not playing hockey now because of some terrible things that he did, but that was legal. And, and he had his contract terminated because of it. And he'll almost certainly never play in the NHL ever again because of it. But that was um, a legitimate was, crime right, that, that right. precluded him from being able to even be in the United States or, or he would have been, um, he would have been 
person. Yeah, but I, I prosecuted. Think, yeah, I yeah, say. he would have been prosecuted if he, he were in the United States. He, so he, he would have been prosecuted. He would have done his time, and then he would have been able to play again. And yeah, but why do that when you can just go to the KHL? Well, yeah, but yeah. why do that when you're the Los Angeles Kings and and you're and yeah. you, you've got an image to keep up, right? Yeah, but and, Kane and was so, death by a thousand cuts, which is what's yeah. so incredible about yeah, it. Yeah, and and I mean, you know, in his defense, uh, none of the legal or criminal um, behavior that he's been accused, accused of yeah. has been proven at, or has been, you know, legit. Uh, I'm not going to go as far as to say legitimized, but. Um, because it's I, I notoriously mean, difficult to prove allegations well, and, like and, the ones and, that were made against him. Yeah. And someone has to come ahead, come forth and, 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 you know, talk about those allegations in something more than the court of public opinion. Yes. It's got to be in a real court. Yes. So, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, he got into some drunken bar fights in Buffalo, I think. So there's been, you know, he's, he's, he's gone bankrupt. He's, he's stiffed lenders. He's, you know, I mean, there's a, there's a litany of, you know, really bad behavior here. And he's clearly not, the kind of guy a lot of people want in a dressing room. Not a balanced. Because two teams have said it. The Winnipeg yeah. Jets said it and the San Jose Sharks said it. Correct. Um, we, uh, it, you know, so we're at a spot here now where uh, he's going to find work. So he hasn't been shunned completely. I and mean, that was kind of my question because, I don't know, it just feels like it would be nutso to hire him. But uh, it seems that people are circling. Yeah. Yeah, the Edmonton Oilers. Tampa Bay was... Yeah. And I, boy, oh boy, I, I, I can't, you know, I mean, if you're building a culture and you've got a winner and, and that you don't, I don't think you want to be anywhere near this guy. Um, but that's now, the, that's the opposite theory is, is what's in effect is that people think that if they have a good culture established, then bring them in and he won't be able to affect it. I've heard, I've heard multiple different San Jose and Winnipeg have had some of the best team yeah. first cultures yeah. in the NHL. You know, I mean, San Jose had a room with Patrick Marlowe, Joe Thornton, Joe Pavelski, Logan Couture, yeah. um, you know, really stand up guys that really towed the line and and really made players aware of what they needed to do to be a San Jose shark. Mm-hmm. And they had they had a culture that was probably as good or better than any other team in the league. And this yeah. guy, this guy didn't buy into it. Yeah, he obviously didn't buy into it. And if you can't if you can't fall into line in San Jose. Yeah. Then I, you gotta, you're gonna have a tough time falling into line anywhere, especially and, because and so, those guys weren't like they weren't, um, they weren't robots, right? No, like no, they they no. had their personality, yeah, they yeah, had their yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah, it's not like the you know, it's not like you're buying into a Lou Lamorello team where you can't have a beard, right? Yeah. And yeah. so if you can't buy into that, where it's like you're allowed to have as much personality and fun as you like, but you know, you still have to be a team player, right? Right. That's about like. It, that mix is about as good as I could have come up with one. Yeah. If I were to make a mix for right, right. team and, mentality and, and I mean, fun. Winnipeg is, it was the same. Like they're a, yeah. they're a whole sort of team first mentality. They really take good care of their players because they know that they have to, for the most part, get their players, you know, organically. They have to draft them and develop them themselves yeah. because they're not going to go out and sign big free agents because it's not a desired destination. Yeah. So they've always been like, Let's get the player here. Let's sign him for a long time. Let's treat him really well. And let's create that culture. Right. Well, I mean, that was another place where he didn't fit in. Um, 
So now he's going to find work and it's probably going to be in Edmonton because Edmonton is desperate and they're reeling. And the thought of having a a winger of that size, that ability who can do what he does is, is just too much for a desperate team. Yeah. Um, I personally, you know, Ken, Ken Holland has talked about second chances and, and he's done it. Like he had Dan Cleary Mm -hmm. and he gave him lots of chances. Yeah. He had Jordan Tutu. You right. know, he's had guys that have had that have been troubled. Right. Um, mostly because of alcohol addiction. But, you know, I mean, he's had those guys. Yeah. Um, I do not for one minute think that Ken Holland thinks that he's going to be the one that's going to succeed where everyone else failed. Right. And that that and that Evander Kane's going to be this stand up guy. Mm-hmm. I think Ken Holland is thinking if I can get a couple of months out of this guy where he's not a distraction and he's trying to prove himself and he can help us for a couple of months here this season, then we're good. That, yeah. That's all, that's all I want. We need somebody to come in here and, you know, I mean, because, you know, on the one hand you bring in a guy like Duncan Keith under the guise of, yeah, we need, you know, we leadership. need, we need leadership. We need culture. We need accountability. We need all those other things. You bring right. in guys like that. And you bring in the Zach Hyman's of the world, right? For the same reason. Yeah. Well then, and then you pivot and you bring in this guy. Yeah. Like it doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, from a, from a culture standpoint, but they're desperate. And I knew this would happen. I knew this would happen. They can't, they can't help themselves. They just cannot help themselves. And I think signing Evander Kane speaks to your culture. Yeah. And, or lack thereof. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about other players. Um, There was obviously that going back to Nashville, there was that incident with Radulov and he was suspended by the team. But even then it didn't seem as much as like the team didn't want him around as, as much as he just Russian players were signing big contracts in the KHL. Yeah. Cause that was shortly after Kovalchuk signed his big contract in the KHL. Yeah. It just there was a there was an enticing option and Radulov said, uh, screw it, I'm gonna take it. Yeah. And so it wasn't really like a shunning. And then even when he came back to Montreal, the it was in the media that Bergevin had a conversation with Weber, who said, Yeah, he was a little bit immature, but he was a good guy all in yeah, all. Yeah. Yeah. So there wasn't really as much of a issue per se. But I mean as 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 How about, I'm gonna throw out a game. I'm gonna throw out a name here, and and it's not an equivalent, but yeah. Speaking of Shea Weber, how about PK Subban? Uh, in Montreal. Uh, it's not the same thing because they, they got a really good player in return. I, I know, but he wasn't, he wasn't, it, it, it was, it was the same. There were similar personality issues. I mean, PK Subban, no, not comparing anything PK Subban no, no, has ever done not. to what Evander Kane has done. Just comparing it to the situation in whether or not you want this guy around. Yeah, no, there was clearly a, a level of personality to getting rid of P.K. Subban in Montreal. But I, I I, just think that there are people that get traded because they don't fit. Or like think about Hoffman in uh, Ottawa mm-hmm. as another example. There are people that get traded that they because they don't fit. And they sometimes get value and they sometimes don't get value. Yeah. But to turn around and say 30 goals, yeah, don't want them. Don't want it. Don't I don't and, even and want fact, to trade you for ten goals. And and in fact, in fact, they were willing to trade those thirty goals 
and pick up salary in a right. trade, in a trade. Yeah. That's how badly they wanted to trade this guy. Yeah. And, and they couldn't. Yeah. And so now they're saying, yeah, take your 30 goals and go somewhere else. Yeah. Because Subban, I mean, Weber's a, a good return. You well, know? Yeah, Weber was a good return. Yeah. yeah. No question. Turns yeah. out that Montreal won that trade, which to the shock of me as much as anybody, right, that how how many good years of, of Weber Montreal got compared to who would have ever guessed that Subban would have fallen off the cliff that he did. Yeah. And, 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 they're, they, and, and Montreal's in a perfect situation with, with Weber too. Yeah. Cause now he just, now he Nashville just, has all the cap recapture. Well, no, nobody's going to have any cap recapture because he's going to go on LTIR for the right, rest of his right. career. Yeah. So there's no cap recapture. Yeah. But I'm just saying there's not even a risk. Yeah. 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 There's not even but, a and, risk. And so now you're in the declining years of paying the guy. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't know what he's making this year and next year and the year after that, but I know by the end, it's like a million bucks yeah. in the last year. So you're in the declining years of paying him real money yeah. and you don't have to worry about that millstone of having that cap, that number on your cap. Yeah. Too. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. You want to go to something a little bit more fun? No. Yes. No? Yes. Oh, okay. 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 I thought I could have sworn you said no at first. <laughs> <laughs> All right. From that, we'll get into the legal nitty gritties of exactly how cap recapture works. And oh, no. Oh, we do want to do the fun thing. Okay. Okay. U.S. national team. Nice. U.S. <laughs> Olympic team. Yeah. The U.S. national Olympic team. Uh, you had a tweet about it. I believe you have an article that will be coming out probably as people are listening to this or shortly after people as listen part to of this. My notes, as part of my notes, either today or tomorrow or at some point this week. It's part of it's part of Ken's notes. So US national team, they've named a number of enticing young college college men yep. into the into the group. And uh so tell us about some of the names and what your thoughts are with them. Well, I I'm I'm first thing I want to say is I'm I'm here for it, man. I'm here for this. This is gonna be out, outstanding. I think it's gonna be really exciting. This yeah. team might get slaughtered. This team might get slaughtered, but they're going to be fun to watch and yeah. they're going to be exciting. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and we talked about it before the podcast, like what is the most enduring memory from the 2016, was it? Yeah. 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 2016 world cash grab of hockey. Yeah. What was the most enduring? The most enduring memory was you calling it the 2016 World Cash Grab of Hockey. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, no, no, I'm just teasing. It was it, it was North Team North America. America. Yeah. It was Team North America. I mean, you know, Canada was Canada and they were great. And Team Europe was kind of a cool story because they made the final. I enjoyed Team Europe. Yeah, because I, because of uh, Thomas Plakanics. Thomas Plakanics, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He okay. just, man, he led to such a disappointing NHL year that year. Yeah. But I was just like, oh, like he showed so much offensive upside on Team Europe, and I was just and and that was was that Ralph Kruger, it was that coached Team Europe as yeah. well, which probably yeah. directly yeah. led to his job in Buffalo. Two yeah. years later, yeah. a year and yeah. a half later, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. If you kind of you know connect the connect lines the like, dots. A, like yeah, a crazy yeah, yeah. person on a you know yeah, yeah. but um but yeah no obviously uh, Team Europe was was fun. Team Canada was just an obvious juggernaut. Yeah. Team USA, what were they even thinking? I think they left Phil Kesseloft. Is that is it, they they left? Oh, it, it was yeah. It was one of those things where they like, went bring in uh, the grinders. They, yeah, where they went all Brian Burke. Anyways, yeah. nobody cares. Well, about it's John any. Tortorella that was coaching it, but yeah. nobody cares. Nobody cares. To nobody cares point. about Thomas Placanitz. Nobody cares. <laughs> no, I beg to differ, cares. sir. Okay, so anywho. Anyways, the greatest the, the player to ever image. wear a turtleneck. Yeah. Oh, Phil Esposito wore a turtleneck for a little while. 
uh, Gretzky also wore a turtleneck for a little while too. For a little while, yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's okay. I, I was I was so being a little the, I was being a little facetious there, Ken. He's in the top three. <laughs> yeah, he's okay. In the top so three. so <laughs> huge drop off. Anyways, <laughs> I'm trying to think of guys who wore turtlenecks now. Um. Anyways, uh, so the enduring image of the 2016 World Cash Grab of Hockey was Team North America. Correct. With Connor McDavid, Nathan McKinnon, yeah. you know, all those great, great Zach Wierenski. Yeah. It was just crazy. And that game against Sweden was one of the best hockey games I've ever seen. I was just about to mention the game against Sweden when, uh, when was they, it McDavid that made Carlson look foolish? Yeah, and, and McKinnon scored a goal in overtime that was ridiculous. And yeah. It was just chaos the whole game, and it was yeah. it was great. It's so fun. It was so, so much fun to watch. Yeah. So I, I liken, yeah, I mean, you don't have the same star power here, but no, I mean, you've got like, by my count, there's going to be at least, and maybe more, but at least 11 college kids on this team. Right. At least 11. You've got, you got Maddie Beneers and, uh, and Brendan Brisson from the university of Michigan. Mm-hmm. You've got, um, you've got Jake Sanderson from North Dakota. You've got, uh, uh, a couple of leaf prospects, Matthew Nyes and uh, Nick Abrazzese, uh Nick Abrazzese's from Harvard. Sean Farrell, a Canadian's prospect from Harvard. Yeah. Um, you've got Drew Hellison. You've got Brock Faber. The uh, the Kings love this kid. Yeah. Defenseman Brock Faber from the University of Minnesota. You got Ben Myers, who's going to be a huge free agent this year. Yeah. He's in his fourth year at the University of Minnesota. He's he's going to be on this team. I, I just look at this team, and like I said, I'm I'm all in. I'm all mm-hmm. in. I'm I'm excited about the Olympics now. I wasn't excited about the Olympics before. Yeah. But now that I'm going to have a chance to see those guys, yeah. I'm going to have a chance to see Owen Power, maybe Kent Johnson for Canada, and I'm going to have a chance to see on Sweden. I'm going to have a chance to see Jesper Jesper Wallstad and William Eklund and Simon Edvinson. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah. That's what's got me excited about the Olympics now. Yeah. You know, not who's going to win and who's going to lose and whatever. Um, but I'm, I'm excited to see those young guys and I, I think it's going to be great. Like I said, I'm totally here for that. I'm, I'm all in. Do you think, uh, so do you think that Canada goes a similar route with, uh, Basin McTavish and, um, Owen power and some of the guys, especially that acquitted themselves. Obviously we talked about Connor Bedard in the last episode. If you haven't heard the, uh, interview of Connor Bedard, then you looking at me now should go back and listen to that because it's great. But um, you know, th- there were some players that acquitted themselves incredibly well in the World Juniors yeah. for for Team Canada that, you know, there's no reason to think that they wouldn't be able to make an Olympic jump. Well, it, like, I mean, we, we talked about this for a long time last week, so I'm not going to I'm not going to belabor it. But if I were on if I were running this team, you know, Caden Gooley, Owen Power, Connor Bedard and Mason McTavish would all yeah. be on my team. Cole Perfetti wouldn't because it turns out he can't because he's under contract to the NHL team and he's playing in the minors and the NHL team might need to call him up. Right. Um, or, he, oh no, he's not in the minors right now. He's actually he's, on the roster. Yeah, he's still in he's on. Yeah. No, no, Cole Perfetti? No, he's on the raw. He's on Winnipeg's roster right now. Oh, pardon yeah, me. I was yeah, thinking yeah. about, okay, yeah. I was thinking about McTavish for some reason. Yeah, Mason McTavish would but be he, able to play because he, he is under NHL contract, but, but they don't have a, they yeah. don't have access yeah. to him and he's playing junior. So yeah. so the, so he would be able to go. Like he, th- all those guys would be on my team. I suspect it will just be Owen Power and Mason McTavish and maybe Kent Johnson, mm. um, uh, from another guy from the University of Michigan. 
Uh, and, uh, you know, just a, just a terrific offensive player. So, yeah, I mean, I, I mean, Canada, I think has the, has, you know, they've got the Devin Dubnik's, they've got the Eric Stahls, they've got all those yeah. guys playing overseas. Yeah. So those guys will be the guys that drive the team, but I would really like to see those young guys and see what they could do. Yeah. I mean, it's without that, it's, it's, it's just another like subpar world championship. Yeah. Right. Yeah. With those guys in the mix. Yeah. Like I'm excited now. I'm juiced. I'm stoked. Yeah. I want to see these guys. Yeah. The last Olympics, it just was so lopsided with the mm-hmm. athletes from Russia or whatever. Although they, they almost got beat. Yeah. They almost lost to Germany. Yeah. No, that's yeah. true. Yeah. But I just, it, it was hard to get excited about because it was yeah. It just seemed yeah, clear. Yeah. yeah. But, Pavel Datsuk, you know, Ilya Kovalchuk yeah. and Slava Voinov all won yeah. a gold medal. Yeah. Yeah. Hooray. Yeah. A bunch of people that got, I mean, Russia was kicked out of the Olympics. Yeah. But then, and couldn't be in the Olympics as Russia. But then was they were the Olympic athletes from, from Russia, Russia. <laughs> and now they are the Russian Olympic Committee (ROC). Uh huh. Yeah. Yes. I don't like their team too much. I don't like their team so much. No. And their goaltending. I mean, you know, last time they had Ilya Sorokin and and Shesterkin. Yeah. This time they have three guys that I don't even never heard of. But how many times has Russia gone? Bring to one back Brizgalov. We want the quotes. <laughs> yeah. We want the quotes. <laughs> right. But um, yeah, I mean, even like if you look at the at the world juniors, the two that really come to mind as is Owen Power and Caden Gooley that just show that they are they're bloody men amongst boys. Yeah, they were good. They, they were good. No, but beyond just the fact yeah, that they yeah. were good, yeah. their bodies, their development, like they're they're just they're just ready. Like, They're ready. They're ready. And the 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 thing that that is going to be really intriguing to me is you know you got all these guys going from college to the Olympics. What happens after the Olympics? Do they go back? It's does the NHL team sign them? Yeah. You know Owen Power went back for a reason because he wants to help Michigan win a national championship and he wants to play college hockey. Yeah. I hope he goes back. After yeah. the Olympics and the Buffalo Sabres don't get in his head and say, you know, just go straight from there and, and join us for the rest of the season. Yeah. You know, I, I, I want to see all those guys go back. Yeah. And then, and then they'll get their game or two at the end of the season and they'll blow the year off their contract anyways. Yeah. So they get the best of that. And then mm-hmm. they, they get to finish the season in, in college hockey. Cause if I'm Mel Pearson at the university of Michigan, I'm like, what you're taking these guys. <laughs> I'm not going to have them for three weeks. And then they might leave altogether. Yeah. Well, there goes our season. Thanks. Yeah. You know, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The, uh, the, the notoriously, you know, underpaid and overworked NCAA coaches. <laughs> couldn't help getting that little jab yeah, right yeah, in there yeah yeah so before we get out of here one more goalie goalie point yep Tuka Rask has apparently made his triumphant return I'm sure that all Boston fans after having you know seen not him for a few months are happy to finally have him back they're not though Boston fans are the worst they blame him for everything <laughs> Boston fans like it's are the like worst. oh traffic's shitty must be Tuka Rask's fault <laughs> Cause he's letting it all through. Yeah. Like it's just, it's they're They Boston Bruin fans with Tuka Rask, like shame on you. Yeah. Like you don't know how good you have it. Yeah. Like you basically had a guy for the last 13 years and you had zero goaltending issues. Yeah. Zero. Yeah. Like name me a team. Yeah. Any team in the NHL that has <laughs> had no goaltending issues for like 10 years. Yeah. And the, the Bruins are the only one. Yeah. So anyways, they, they don't they don't know what they have there and they don't appreciate him enough, I think. 
I, I would have thought that after watching uh, uh, Swayman and Allmark, they would have begun to appreciate Tuka Rask. I mean, you know, yeah. absence makes the heart grow fonder. I don't know. Those guys were good. That's the guy The guy I feel most sorry for is Jeremy Swayman. Yeah. Because he was actually doing pretty well. He's 23 years old. Yeah. You know, he's going back to the minors at least for probably the rest of this year, unless one of those guys gets hurt. I mean, Tuka could get, Tuka could blow out his hip in a week. Yeah. We don't know. Yeah. Um, but Allmark's not going anywhere. He's got a no move. Yeah. He's there for this year and next. He's he's not going anywhere. Yeah. So the guy they had to send down, they couldn't put him on the taxi squad even at this point. Yeah. Um, was Jeremy Swayman, who I thought was doing pretty well. And he was he was he was playing well. So do you think that uh Allmark would waive his no move? I mean, he obviously signed into Boston probably wanting and expecting to be the number one goaltender and I don't know on why, a contender. I, yeah, I don't know why he would. I mean, yeah. for that reason. He wanted to play for a contending team. Um, and he's he he got the no move for a reason, right? But like what if like Edmonton came sniffing and he turned around and said, Yeah, I could I could help Edmonton become a contender again. You're playing for Boston though right now. You signed with them. And then you're going to turn around and go to Edmonton? Well, it's the age-old goaltending question. Like would you rather win a well, cup as a, as a backup or would you rather you know, do no, well as a starter? But no, but I mean, no disparaging Edmonton here, but who who waves their no-move no clause to go to Edmonton? <laughs> Nobody. Nobody. And okay. this guy wouldn't. He Fair wouldn't enough. do it anywhere, I don't think. I think yeah. he's there. He did. He signed that, that for a reason. And yeah. he's there for this year and next year. And, uh, and Rask is there presumably for the rest of this year, unless he gets hurt. To your point about, uh, about how good Rask has been, I think it was the 2013 uh, Stanley Cup playoffs where Montreal and Boston faced each other in round two, if memory serves. And of course, that was the time where Carey Price was at the absolute peak of his career. And watching that series to me was such a treat, not just because Montreal won, but because it was so clear that... Well, it wasn't 2013 then. Because 2013, Boston went to the final and lost Boston, to Chicago. That's right. So then it was 2011. No, 2011, Boston won the Stanley Cup. Keep trying. <laughs> Keep trying. <laughs> okay, hang on I don't know second. what year it was. 2014. I don't know what year it was, but it wasn't those two years that you just said. All right. My, my brain is notoriously bad with numbers. Okay, I think it was almost for sure 2014. Uh, wait a second. Aren't you a nerd? Aren't you a, like, stats nerd? My, no, my brain is notoriously bad with numbers. With remembering numbers. Oh, okay. All I'm not right. a rote learner, <laughs> as they say. All right. I'm looking it up. I'm looking it up. I don't, I don't, I don't mind, uh, I don't mind looking it up to make sure that I get things right. Of course, this is when my internet decides to be slow. Yeah. All right, everybody, wait, wait around with me while we figure out what year it was. Wow. I can hear, I can just hear the massive, like, click, click, <laughs> click. I'm turning it off now. <laughs> Anyways, I think it was 2014. My point is, is that Price was at the peak of his abilities. And yeah. what became very clear in watching that was that as much as Price was the best goal in the NHL, Tuka Rask was not as far behind as second best goal in the NHL as people would believe. Yeah, yeah. He yeah, was yeah. unbelievable yeah. in that series. And yeah, yeah. Uh, it was just it was just out of this world. But the, th the thing that I just keep going back to is like, Zero, zero goaltending issues for like whatever, 12 years. 
That's consistency unheard of. is hard that's to find. Unheard of. That's consistency unheard of. Consistency is hard to find. That is unheard of. Yeah. Zero goal. Like, like every year you go into the season knowing you've got a premier goalie in the NHL. He might be great. He might have an off year, you know, whatever. He might let in the odd bad goal, but you have zero goaltending issues for that long. Yeah. Like, I don't think people realize what a massive, like, headache the Bruins have been saved over the last little while because not little while, long while because of Tuka Rask. Okay. So I'm going to redeem myself a little bit. It was the 2013, 14 season. (laughs) No, no, that's 2014. Sorry, buddy. I know. Yeah. (laughs) I I'm, I'm well aware, but (laughs) I'm going to, I'm going to go ahead and call it the 2013, 14 season and, uh, and make myself redeem at least like 20%. Uh, That was year. That was year. The Canadians went to the conference final and got beat by, and Chris, Chris, Chris Carter ran over, uh, the, the, uh, said Joe, uh, uh, Price. Did you almost say Jose Theodore? No, no, I was, I don't know what I was saying. You've got a Theodore poster Carey, right behind your Carey head. Price, so. it was, it was, it was yeah. the said Carey Price that uh, Chris Kreider ran over. That's absolutely correct. That was the year. Yep. So, uh, before we get out of here, please like, subscribe, whatever you're listening to, just subscribe, leave a comment. That helps other people find what we're doing. Check out Ken's writing at kencampbell.substack.com. Uh, if you can, paid subscriptions are obviously preferred and there's more content for the paid subscriptions as well. And it's, in, in my opinion, it's well worth it. And uh, yeah, leave a leave a review on this. If you're, you can watch it on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, listen to it, listen to it even directly through the Substack. And if you sign up for the Substack, it'll come directly to your email address. So uh, all good stuff. Yep. Ken, thank you so much. It's been a slice. It's been fun. All right. Four down. Hopefully hundreds to go. Yes, our one month anniversary today. Oh. What did you get me? You'll find out. <laughs> <laughs>